Welcome to Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. On today's show, Vahe Gregorian stops by to discuss his story based on a recent trip to the Georgia hometown of Tyreek Hill. Vahe talked to several residents of the town and attempted to talk to more. We'll get into that. But the story wonderfully spoke to the emotions and conflicts felt by some of those who have known Hill the longest. Well, thanks for being here, Vahe. Blair, thanks for having me. Hey, before we get started uh, in the conversation, let's let's just reset the Tyreek Hill timeline. So, and, and we'll start in March when the Overland Park Police took two reports at the Hill home, one for battery, another for child abuse and neglect, and those calls were made, I think it was nine days apart. A month later, Hill was cleared of the charges by the Johnson County District Attorney, who said a crime was committed but could not determine who did it. A day later, Channel 5 released an audio with a graphic language between Hill and his girlfriend, Crystal Espinal, who's the mother of his three-year-old and pregnant with twins. At that point, the Chiefs say Hill, who had been part of the team's off-season activities, no longer will be, and to our knowledge, he hasn't been back to the training facility. Last week, a letter from Hill's attorney made to the NFL made its way to the media and disputes claims that Hill has never punched his son in the chest or anywhere on his body or otherwise touched him in the chest in a mean-spirited way or as a form of discipline, and he described the broken arm as the result of an accident. So that's the the latest chapter of the Tyreek Hill story in a nutshell. And Vahe, you went to, to Georgia to speak with... Um, people there, uh, people who have known him the longest. And what were your, first of all, tell us about the town itself. It, sure. it is really a dot on the map, isn't it? It, it is, it is, Blair. And, and so it's, an, the trip itself is interesting. It, the place is interesting in its own right. I mean, I, I, part of the reason I think that we both love the jobs we do is the, the adventure of going to, to see these strange new worlds or, or even places we're familiar with. It's a town of about 2,000 people. Pearson, Georgia is what we're Pearson, talking about. Pearson, Georgia, uh, 3.4 square miles. Um, how, I had, how far from Atlanta? It's about 220 miles from Atlanta. I had been there last fall uh, when I went down after the Chiefs played at, at the Falcons, I should say, in August. Um, right, preseason game. Preseason game. Went on down, sort of trying to figure out what I could find. And in that uh, attempt, I ended up getting with high school coaches of his who were who were very interesting and very helpful if, uh, if our listeners care to check it out, there was a, a story, the keywords I guess, would be Jerry Hill and Tyreek Hill, interesting mentor in his life. Um, this time, though, I wanted to get about 20 minutes farther away to actually drill into his, his hometown itself. I did try to talk to uh, other people I'd met before. But the, the complication here was it's a time where controversy reigns, and this is a place where he's beloved, but also people are a little rattled about what to say, and especially just what to say to a, a guy they've never met. I mean, we encounter that all the time, too. But one of the things we try to do before we would ever make such a trip is there's a term I guess I've heard us use that I'd never really thought of before, but get shovels in the ground a little bit. And so we did. You know, I've got a little bit of a relationship with Tyreek's birth father. Uh, he'd agreed to, to talk and um, thought I'd get in with some of the teachers and, and some things of that like. And then so we decided to go. And... The last thing I'll say before in this rambling burst is that there were like five things that happened there where I was like, it's going to work out. And then moments later, something would happen where it's like, there's just nothing I can do with this situation. And then you sort of started seeing the pattern. So a a key moment for me was uh, uh, 
a moment where I thought, okay, everything's going to um, take a nice turn, the interesting things. I encountered a, a 17-year-old uh, high school athlete in a gym, and I all I did was ask him if uh, Tyreek had ever come into that uh, fitness center, I should call it. He instantly said, uh, you know, I, I think about him every time I drive by his house. You want me to take you there? I'm like, <laughs> well, I'd had a little trouble finding the place. And I actually had we had the right address, but there wasn't anything there last time I looked at, in the fall. Long story. Then, of course, I did go there and, and uh, you know, ultimately knock at the door a couple times and don't get an answer and um, and, and had, had hoped, really, the, the, the thing we really wanted to do was to try to try to talk to his grandparents who raised him, and that, that didn't work out. And I believe you have talked to the grandparents before. Actually not, just the father. Okay, the, that's the, right. Yeah. Eric Shaw is yes. the father. So let's establish that, that Tyreek Hill was raised by his grandparents. He, he was, and he was raised, so Tyreek Hill was born to teenage parents. Yeah. Derek Shaw and Anisha Hill. And the decision was made that he would be raised by the grandparents. Derek went off to college, played basketball, tried to better himself. Um, oh, it's, a, it's a success story. It, it really. is. And interestingly enough, you know, the way I've gotten to know Derek is he contacted us a couple of years ago because he wanted to tell us about Tyreek. And Therese Paler and I went and spent about two or three hours with him one afternoon and, and uh, found him to be very smart, uh, very level-headed. Even things that he was uh, taking issue with in how we might view Tyreek, he said, in a, in a completely uh, appropriate and, and uh, thought-provoking way. So um, good impression of him. No impression of Tyreek's grandparents. It's just, it's been a, uh, it's been a vacuum. Um, in fact, since he came and we, we began putting in requests trying to reach them, back then they had an answering machine uh, on their phone. And I, I guess I called too many times because um, Ted Cruz from the Chiefs pulled me to the side one day and said his, his grandparents have asked that I not call anymore, which is fine. I, you know, typically what we do is just wait for a no. I mean, right, I, if they right. call back and say no, okay uncle but they didn't so anyway I, i'm off well on the no track, so but. so those who those who know him best and known him the longest and raised him uh have never as far as we know have spoken publicly except i think in a 2014 interview when when tyreek was with uh at oklahoma state yeah i think it was either with the and i, I apologize to our friends in oklahoma for not remembering which outlet but they all did a lot of good work in fact the daily o collegian at oklahoma state right did a nice school piece. newspaper right? um and so did the Oklahoman, and there was a little bit of access to the grandparents then. And this was, of course, before um, Tyreek got in any trouble and while he was, uh, you know, a budding phenomenon. You mentioned uh, the, the, um, the 17-year-old that you ran into in, in, uh, in, in Pearson, a person who I was really fascinated to hear from was uh, Jerry Braswell Jr., the pastor of the Pine Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, and he he becomes an important voice in your story. Why, why is that? Well, I'll tell you what, he, I felt inspired by the guy. I mean, and, and that, that uh, I think that's testament to his, his power. I was not able to find him in person there, and he, but he, he was one of the few people that called me back after I left a message. And he called and apologized because he'd been at a funeral all day um, the day before and was all tied up. And But he wanted to talk. And innocently enough, though, he, he also wanted to tell me that he had to pray about it before he wanted to talk because he, he is of the people there. And it, he's reflective of this time. And 
I think, does not want to say anything inflammatory, uh, which could be, by the way, saying something nice could feel inflammatory right now. You're right. That's right. Um, which is a big complication with this situation. And, and something I was explicitly told by a few people, I, if I say something uh, positive about him, then people are going to beat me up for, for not being sensitive, and then vice versa, that I'll betray him if I don't. Jerry Braswell Jr. struck the perfect chord. He, he thought about um, Tyreek, but he also thought about Crystal and uh, their young son who, who were in his church some weeks ago. And he told me a story I'd never heard before about Tyreek coming to the church to apologize after the 2014 episode, um, give what he called a bona fide confession. So I found that uh, Pastor Braswell was seeking the truth, and, but also seeking to give compassion and hoping, hoping for something that I'm, I'm worried can't happen, which is resolution that works between Tyreek and Crystal. I mean, far be it for us, I guess, really to judge how anybody's relationship works, but we do judge it, and it, it looks bad from the outside. It looks like it's uh, unresolvable in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, certainly, they seem incompatible, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in addition to the story of Tyreek um, confessing to the church, he, before this latest episode occurred, he went and spoke to his elementary school, which I read in, in your story as well. He did, and, and late, late February, early March, I think. It on was a uh, it was early March, and it was it was around the time he was there for his birthday. I I had a hard time getting the explicit facts of the, about his birthday celebration, but I was told by a couple people that it was an open invitation to the town to come to the high school. The young man Eli Meeks that I met in the uh, in the gym was one who told me he was sorry he couldn't go. I needed a little more to feel like I could say that in the story, but I but I couldn't get it. But the elementary school was an interesting situation, too, because only one media outlet was there. It was a TV, local TV station, and I had not heard about this till I was researching and getting ready to go down there. In fact, I think the oddity is I think it came up because I was, for some reason, wondering if he might have a key to the city, which is really weird. Why would he have a key to the city? I don't know. It just seemed like—and that's where the story came up. He got, was given the key to the city a few days before. Just a total dumb guess. Um, led to that story— which led to me getting an audience with the principal of the school, who was happy to talk about that day and absolutely shut me down on any other questions about Tyreek. Even before we really started talking, he said, I'm not going to talk about him. This, this is probably worth noting, too. Earlier, I had called asking for the superintendent of schools, just thinking that might be a good person to, to talk with. You know, Especially in a small, in a small, small town. town. And uh, his assistant you know, put me on hold and went to him and said, he's, he's referring me to the TV station. And I said, well, that's fine. But I said, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk to the TV station. I want to talk to him about his perspective, um, what Tyreek means to the town, and if, if this is complicated now after, after that, and just want to know part of it. So I felt lucky I got an audience with the principal at all. Uh, you visited another um, establishment in town, which I, I found, you know, very telling, the restaurant. Yeah. It had a um, you did not get to speak with everybody you intended to speak with at the restaurant. <laughs> no, and, and actually, the restaurant thing was interesting because I went there kind of with a sigh, like I'd been kicking around the town for a couple hours, and I finally thought, I'm a little hungry, and what place can I go into that at least maybe there's a shot that there's some imagery, and, well, this place, and it's their grand opening, want to give them a little business, you know, just go in. And then I, I couldn't believe what I saw when I walked in. I'm like, the first person I see basically is wearing a Tyreek Hill Foundation T-shirt. Then, then 
the waitress, one of the waitresses has another Tyreek Hill shirt. They got this poster there. I'm like, boy, I'm a lucky son of a gun. This is going to be great. It's going to be really interesting to talk to them and have a nice burger. It was good. It was a good burger. And then I just, just started uh, asking the waitress. I said, hey, hey, so what, do you guys have some affiliation with Tyreek? Or, and, I, and I told her I was a reporter. And she, like, I don't want to say panicked, but she, like, left the table right away to go over and talk to the manager. And the image of the manager or the owner, whoever she was, just seared into my head, just her visible agitation and, and yelling over that, you know, we don't know him. We don't know him. It was, it, it was an interesting thing because on one hand, it was like, well, I'm, I guess I'm not going to get their insights. On the other hand, it was sort of a glimpse into the mindset there. And it seemed worth using in the story. I, sometimes, you know, we're reluctant to use something that sort of happens to you, but it, it, it fit with what, what I was getting. Well, it certainly spoke to a mindset, as you as you said, but also maybe a fear, a concern, or um, or or a circling the wagons mentality. Perhaps that's that's kind of what I expected you to find when when you went to Pearson, Georgia, a, a town that wanted to protect its you know its hero. I think that's really uh, you right. Took a, you took a photo of the of the welcome to town sign, which is. And Tyreek Hill is prominent on that. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's a, I, I went to, you know, this is not, this is like a six-minute effort, but I went to all four corners of the, the, the town just because I, I thought, oh, I think that's there. You know, there's another sign. I, I think I took this out of the story that says uh, the town's motto is where you can, you're welcome to stay for a day or a lifetime. And I fiddled around with that as part of the story, thinking there's maybe an unintentional irony in that in some ways because it's a town that that has, has had, had a tendency to – pull back people that uh, that's what people have said to me in the past so yeah you you were your wording is the right wording and it's funny circling the wagons was what I expected out of family and maybe close friends and especially I, I reached out to many on on Facebook or through phone calls and nothing nothing back I guess I didn't it fully anticipate circling the wagons in the town but I think that in the end it's it's a form of that right it's I don't need to share my thoughts with this guy, and and it, it, who's to say they're wrong? It, 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 we try to tend to look at it as an opportunity that, for them to speak, and and as Pastor Braswell sort of put it to me, well, they're they're, they're worried of being misconstrued or um, misinterpreted or saying something they'll regret one way or another. I I, I understand that. Yeah, I understand. It's that. easy to understand. It is. Yeah, um, and and it's under it's understandable um, that the, that the community would have pride in a in a player who. Made a mistake when he uh, when he was at Oklahoma State and paid the price for that. You know, got kicked out of school, went to the Division II college, was dropped in the draft. You know, fifth round pick. Some teams wouldn't touch him if there were fifty rounds. They wouldn't have picked Tyreek Hill. But he, you know, three years with the Chiefs and three three Pro Bowl years. Two, I think, two of them are all pro seasons. He just has a remarkable uh, run here in Kansas City. He, he does, and I can't separate myself from the idea that that three year time was, from all public access points, from anything we've heard, completely clean, incident free. Uh, you know, on on a path to redemption, if that's the right term, or certainly at that arc. And I think that's that's the part that's in a lot of ways, the most puzzling and disappointing about the situation he's in now. Let me ask you this, Vahe. When the decision was made to go to Georgia, um, you're like any reporter. You have, you know, you've made some calls. Uh, you you uh, you have some anticipation of what you might find. Did did you find what you expected? 
ultimately? I think I, I certainly went in teeth gritted thinking this isn't something people are going to be eager to talk about. But I thought there was a chance that if I kept um, throwing up flares toward the grandparents, I thought there'd be a chance there. You know, way more often than, than not, those things seem to sort of fall into place. So you, it, it, you, you get to a point where you think, I don't know how this is going to happen. They don't answer the phone. They don't respond to Facebook messages. It means they have a Facebook page, and I think opinions have been expressed. Yeah, for sure. On, on, that, on her and, page. And they have. And one of the, the approaches I tried to take with her and the, the note I wrote her, the, the grandmother, was among the things we've, we've seen on your Facebook page or that, that you've, you've expressed are that you, you think there's some things that are being uh, reported improperly or are incorrect. We, I'd love to know what you mean by that. Uh, we'd love to be able to share your view of the story and 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 truly give them the benefit of that. And and obviously we'd have to process it properly. But I but I think the idea is a glimpse into his world. That I think that was the 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 hope. So I don't know that I got that. We were sort of joking in here that at least it came to me that maybe I just heard the Stone song the other day about you can't always get what you want, but 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 you, you hope if you keep going you get what you need. And I guess that that we felt like we. I guess move the chains a little bit on the story. Probably didn't get the story um, might have hoped for. Didn't get the story might have hoped for because I think that story would have been sitting down talking to his grandparents for a couple hours. Those who know him best. Yeah, and, again, and longest. yeah, yeah. Well, but you what you did is you uh, unveiled a, a part of his life that people here in Kansas City and I think those in the NFL don't hadn't known. I do think there was new and different stuff in there in a in, in a lot of ways. Not a lot, but but plenty, plenty. I think I think you could look at him through a little different lens after reading this, and and be given more to think about. Certainly, left me with more to think about. I imagine um, the Chiefs and the NFL have read this story and uh, and have taken into account not only the, you know what you discovered in Georgia, but um, the the letter from Tyreek Hill's attorney that we that we saw last week, and um, and and taken it all into account. I think this helps explain why no action has been taken on Tyreek Hill by the NFL, by the Chiefs. He's not on the exempt list, which there was a silly, I shouldn't say silly, but someone else reported in the last week in April that uh, the NFL was considering putting him on the exempt list, which would basically is a suspension with pay. And we didn't follow up on we, and not that we didn't follow up. We made our calls and and, and checked into it and, and did not have the same information. And that you know that's two weeks later and that still hasn't happened. So any kind of decision about Tyreek Hill and his future with the Chiefs and with the NFL has not been determined. I, it's I think it's fair to say that even though weeks have uh, have passed since the first police report, um, almost two months now that it's still an information gathering process and we the the answers are still not known i agree and i think a thing that's really been interesting in in about the last couple weeks sort of particularly in that 72 hour stretch or so between when it's a little longer than that a week or so between when the tapes came out which by the way that second day of tapes was more contextual Uh, i i there's something more to be talked about with with channel five at some point about why they they did that the way you they did about the 911 i know crystals uh both the crystals recordings of tyreek there was a second day you're right when they released more that i go back to one of the terms being him very explicitly saying i would never hurt our son 
I would like to have heard that the first day. Now, they, they have their reasons, and maybe it's a little unfair for me to, to, to ask why, but it, it, it seemed puzzling to me that that wasn't in the first day's release. And then, of course, the other the big pendulum swing of, of whatever it is you think of that letter from Tyreek's attorney, there certainly was interesting uh, information there to consider. I bring this up in part because one, uh, one reader today asked on Twitter about why I just ignored the... Uh, text exchange with Crystal saying, I did it, I did it, I did it. Um, I told him because I need a little more information on that. I need a little more vetting before I'm treating that as a fact in a letter uh, from Tyreek's attorney to the NFL sainting Tyreek. And I'm not, I'm not really, I hope I'm not casting aspersions on the attorney. He's doing his job and, and somehow or another, he's entered that into the discussion. I'm sure it's in a valid way, but I don't know if it's in a way that would meet with how you would look at it as a fact that is telling. It left itself open to some skepticism. I, I mentioned this to Brooke Pryor, our chief writer, last week, that, yes, that, that text exchange is the, the, the is part of the, the letter from the attorney to the NFL. It's on the attorney's letterhead, and the, the letter is signed by the attorney. I, I, I guess I'm in the position not to disbelieve that the exchange occurred, but I'm— I'm with you. I just think, just to settle the matter once and for all, where was the timestamp on this? Yeah, and where's the timestamp in the context of, was it before or after the the Dubai tapes? Exactly. Well, absolutely. I think that makes the big difference. Could that have been an exchange from from January or you know some other some other incident? Yeah, and and by the way, even if if it's a favorable uh, time frame. I, I think they'd want to let us know that. I'm not saying that, that that's why they haven't. I think they owe us more about that context if they want it to be treated as fact. Well, I suspect, I suspect that the, um, uh, the NFL and the Chiefs have put in the request, yeah. maybe the demand, uh, yeah. to, to know ex- when, when, that, uh, when, when that was issued, uh, when the exchange occurred. So, well, it's, uh, again, a, a story that will continue until there is— um, some determination about, first of all, the relationship between the two, and that's paramount, right? The, yeah. the safety of the child and the, and the children who are um, the, the twins that, um, that Crystal Espinal is going to deliver. And, and after that, we'll hear uh, about Tyreek Hill's, whatever punishment he'll serve, uh, whatever the NFL will, um, will, will uh, hand down in, for, for Tyreek Hill. And I've seen all, all kinds of speculation, just reading uh, what's happened with other players, anywhere from nothing to four weeks to six weeks to half a season. You know, Kareem Hunt got half a season, got eight games. Um, Ezekiel Elliott uh, forgot what his was, six, I believe. You know, Tom Brady got four games for, you know, yeah. for inflating a football. So we're all waiting and and I I don't know if we're going to get that information anytime soon there's one investigation leads to another and um, it, it's reopened as far as the Johnson County District Attorney is concerned so um, just more more to come Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State. And no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass. 
unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or $2.50 a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sportspass. Okay, Vahe, you've, you've done the reporting, you, you get in your rental car, you pull out of the town of Pearson, Georgia, past the Welcome to Pearson home of Tyreek Hill signs. You're heading back to uh, Hartsfield Airport in Atlanta. What are you thinking? Well, first thing I do is what sports writers do, or probably a lot of journalists do. I put Panera in the uh, phone, and I find one 42 miles away. That seems like a good start back to Atlanta. Because, of course, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. and coffee. Yep, Wi-Fi and coffee. So I'm headed to, you know, I'm not looking for an endorsement deal with Panera, but I think they should know that we're available. But if they're listening. For this podcast. At any rate, uh, I drive through the town of the Enigma. I really do. <laughs> E-N-I-G-M-A, Enigma. And I'm struck a little bit by that's what this whole thing is, enigmatic. And anyway, but I'm but I, I left there with my... my head just kind of spinning a little bit because I do feel like I learned more about him. I think I was able to convey more about him. Um, But I think as we go forward, we find there are more layers, more tentacles to this, and that it's a great reminder that that things that appear to be certain often aren't. And I think that's uh, an occupational, I don't want to call it a hazard, but it's it's a pitfall waiting for us all the time. And I think Hopefully, it's the sort of thought that sharpens our consciousness of that, and you, and you stay cognizant of the need to keep going and learn more. And I, I hope also, it made me think also we need to all remember, not just as journalists, but as people, about being open-minded and trying to understand, right? It's the old, you know, before you try to be understood, try to understand. And I, I think one way or another, we can all use more of that with this. For sure. And look, and not that it has driven our coverage at all, but social media has played a role in in this in terms of, I think, the conversation and where people stand. And maybe, you know, lines and sands got drawn when when that probably shouldn't have happened. Um, let's let's continue to let this play out and, and see where, you know, just see where we are. Well, to that point, too, Blair, and I, I've, this might have come off a little uh preachy, but I felt the need to get a, a paragraph or a few sentences in the story just reminding reminding myself as much as anybody, but reminding that I know nothing about what it feels like to grow up in Pearson, Georgia. I know nothing about what it feels like to have somebody from the, I'm doing air quotes, the big city, whatever you want to call us, come in there and want to talk about it. it everything comes from its own. I, I kept thinking that everybody has their own truths in this and that there's this little place on the Venn diagram where it all meets. And uh, I don't know where that place is, right? But there's some place on all that. I think we can all agree Tyreek and Crystal have a a difficult relationship. I think we can all agree that that the safety of their son and and the twins is paramount here. Doesn't seem like there's a lot else we can agree on right now. It's, It's just stipulate into evidence, as they say on Perry Mason. You watch that show, right? I, okay. I have watched that show, indeed. So that, that that's all. Just another thought that way. Well, I think we can all agree um, that 
for, at least for those who have read it, it was a fantastic story, and congratulations on it. Well, thanks. It, 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 it was uh, shepherded nicely by uh, our, our brilliant editors and other reporters um, that spent time helping me with it, too. All right, Vahe. Thanks for being here, my friend. Thanks, Blair. Links to Vahe's stories and others written about this topic can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Shout out to Kathy Liu and Dalia Becerra for putting the show together. You've been listening to Sports Beat KC. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and we'll talk Kansas City sports again soon.